Welcome in, folks. Moe and McGee on Fantasy coming back with a uh, final podcast of the uh, in-season. Uh, of course, we'll meet a little bit here in the off-season, but many of your championships have been wrapped up. But for a few of you, you know, you're in a weird league. You have one last championship matchup here, maybe a consolation bracket win that you need. Um, so we're going to keep it short, keep it to the things you need to know. Not a lot of future to talk about until next next season so uh another short condensed but very factual podcast yeah and um you know kevin we like doing this so even if you're not playing come listen you know maybe maybe use some of that knowledge for dfs i am in one of those weird fucking leagues where uh, it was a two-week playoffs so entering the second week down eight points uh, so starting the week down eight, but uh, we're rolling. That that we are. Um, um, well, um, uh, um, um, Kevin, uh, I want you to tell us some names to remember, names to forget, because we're still going to be doing that. You know, there might be a future, a lot of future tinges to everything we do uh, this week, talking maybe about something for next year, uh, talking a little bit about week 18, but, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of screw around. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my name to remember is uh, Kadarius Tony. And exactly for what you're mentioning next year, I have a little uh, note here to remind me for next year that Kadarius Tony will be underdrafted. That is almost a certainty. Uh, he was a PPR machine or a target machine there for a little bit. Um, when he got his opportunities earlier this season, kind of in and out with injury, he um, uh, coming into the season, the big concern was how loaded that receiving core was with Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton. Well, we've seen Darius Slayton do absolutely nothing. Uh, Sterling Shepard, torn Achilles, going to be tough to come back from and, and be the same that he was. So that guy that's going to be soaking up the targets will be Kadarius Toney, um, and he will be underdrafted. So make sure for next year that you remind yourself, as I am, Kadarius Tony's going to be underdrafted. You can get him at a value. Yeah, I, I really like him actually in week 18 as well, Kevin. Um, he, a uh, little precursor, might be my flex play this week, gets to face uh, the Washington team. Uh, both teams aren't playing for much. Both teams will be looking towards the future. Um, so, you know, maybe they check out, see what they got in this Kadarius Tony guy. Yeah. And my name to forget is... Uh, poking a little bit of fun at Mo himself, uh, Kellen uh, Mond. Kellen Mond. You can forget Kellen Mond uh, because apparently Mike Zimmer has. When asked, uh, you think maybe uh, you'd like an opportunity to see what Kellen Mond can do? He said, not particularly. And then <laughs> when asked why, he says, he said, I see him uh, every day or I see him all week. So... It doesn't sound good, even if you think you're in a even if you're in a dynasty league and you think you have a sneaky uh, stash on a guy that you know maybe has some rushing upside, maybe a new regime next year. But I, you know, I, I still trust Mike Zimmer's knowledge of uh, NFL players, and I, I just he doesn't see it in Colin Mond, and uh, that makes me feel like I, I shouldn't see it either. 
what has led you to trust Mike Zimmer in anything, Kevin? <laughs> I'm so this guy. Okay, I get you're out of you're you're heading out the door. You know, everyone can see it. It's on the wall. You're pissed off because you're starting quarterback. You told him to get vaccinated eight billion times. He's a Jesus freak, so he didn't get vaxxed. He's pissed off about Rick Rick Spielman for putting him in the position where he has to start either Sean Mannion or Kellen Mond. I mean, Sean Mannion might be the worst backup quarterback in the entire league. Um, but to screw a young quarterback who I don't care what anybody says, he's, I mean, one of the better SEC quarterbacks in terms of stats and all, of all time. I think only like Dak Prescott and Tim Tebow had better stats in the SEC than Kellen Mond. I'm not in. I don't think Kellen Mond's going to be a great player, but to go up in front of everyone and eviscerate a rookie quarterback who hasn't seen <laughs> a snap until a zero degree cold weather Green Bay game and that means nothing. They were getting blown out. Why? Everyone would have been okay if he was like, yeah, Kirk Cousins is a dick because he didn't get vaxxed. That's why we had to play Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. Everyone would have been like, yep. You're right, Zim. Yeah, completely okay. If he went up there and railed on Rick Spielman, the GM, for saying for drafting him, saying, "Hey, we didn't need a, a, a third-round quarterback. I really would have liked, uh, you know, a corner. Can't coach him anyway because that <laughs> position's a mess. But to go up there and eviscerate a rookie quarterback, I'm with you, Kevin. I mean, what do you think this guy's gonna really love coming back?" in working for this guy for another week and any confidence he did gain is probably gone. The guy didn't meet with Mike Zimmer didn't meet with Kirk cousins until this year. And he only meets with them for 45 minutes on Thursdays. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, Brian, Byron Leftwich comes in and works some magic. Uh, yeah. You can forget about him. Quick question because I want to know, do you think Mike Zimmer's done or do you think he sticks around as a defensive coordinator somewhere? You know, I think he's going to want a chance at getting back on the Vikings. So I think he'll want to he'll probably try to be a D.C. somewhere in the NFC or or maybe even in the NFC North. You know, Chicago is going to be looking for a whole new regime. I'm sure he'd love to stick it to the Vikings, you know, two times a (laughs) season. So I don't think he's done. I think the guy won't be done until he's dead. He just is a football guy. Um, and that's, I mean, I lo- that's why I loved him for so many years. He's a football guy, but he's lost his fastball two years in a row, <laughs> bottom bottom defense, and you're supposed to be a defensive genius. All right. I need to save this for the, whatever <laughs> podcast I make about the Vikings. We've skewed way off here. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe uh, Meg Zimmer should be my name to remember since he yeah. will catch on somewhere. There you go. Um, so my name to remember, uh, I'm going to stick with NFC East young wide receivers. I'm going to go with Cam Sims. Um, I don't know about you, Kevin, but every time I find myself watching, you know, red zone and the Washington football team comes on, it seems like Cam Sims makes plays whenever he's given a chance. Uh, this last game against the Eagles, he did get a chance season high in snaps played 74% of the snaps. Uh, he led, he had the season high in targets and receptions as well. Uh, he ran the third most routes on the team. Um, I, I really think that this week against the giants, he can be a, 
be a nice player. I don't recommend starting him in what has to be a championship game for everybody that's pl- still playing. But I think in the future, if he can stay with Washington, if they can get a quarterback going on, I don't think Heineke's the you know the answer. I think he can be a guy that maybe as a developmental can come on later in his uh, career here. Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, another thing with him is he does play special teams, so that'll keep him on rosters. Um, you won't see him fall out of the league. So Camson is one of my favorite dynasty stashes, absolutely. A guy I hope no one has in Dynasty. I'm going to stick with the Cam theme. It's Cam Newton, Kevin. You chose my quarterback. I'm choosing yours. I think it's been pretty evident for a while now that Cam Newton is done. I think he'll probably uh, retire after the season. He'll make some big deal about he's going out on his own terms, blah, blah, blah. No, no one's going to want him on their team unless he decides he wants to be like a goal line a wildcat guy. Ooh. I'm sure some team would like him for like a little package like that. Um, but I think he's done. He, I was watching him a couple weeks ago and he threw behind a guy running a bubble screen, Kevin, you, you know, the bubble screen where the, the receiver runs backwards. And he threw <laughs> behind the guy running backwards, Kevin. I, I think he's just done. I mean, obviously Panthers legend MVP, um, took the Panthers to the height of their powers, uh, but it's unfortunate he's done. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say that he's done, and that's probably because I'm a Panthers homer, and uh, even if it's not on Carolina, I think he can do things somewhere. Um, not, a, not necessarily good things. A lot of years of watching him throw over their oversized wide receivers, uh, Devin Funchess, Calvin Benjamin, they tried to get him as big as they could, and he still overthrows him. Um, but he'll catch on as a goal line guy. Wherever he lands, pump the brakes on that running back maybe a little bit, um, just because he will scalp touchdowns. Um, hopefully that's not Carolina, because I'm planning on trying to scoop up as much Christian McCaffrey as I can next year, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to call Cam Newton dead. Obviously, I I, I think he's going to be a tough play in fantasy for probably the rest of his career, but he will be frustrating. I think on, on some team one place or another. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do see the, the merits of him just trying to stick around and maybe reviving his career as a, a, you know, trying to chase a Super Bowl somewhere. I could see Kansas city, LA, these teams that are popping up. Um, or maybe if Joe Brady is the coach of the Vikings, he comes and mentors Kellen Mond to be the next Cam Newton. Who knows? <laughs> we can um, only hope. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Kellen Mond, let's go into our next man up segment. <laughs> uh, these are these are injuries uh, that happened uh, that are notable. Some are injuries. Some are brain malfunctions. So let's start with an actual true injury that probably wrecks a lot of people's week 18s. Joe Mixon. Uh, it goes down. He's already been ruled out for week 18. Probably a lot of Samaj P. Ryan. Yep. Uh, I think this one's pretty open and shut. If you're feeling really dangerous, I still don't want to play Chris Evans. Um, I, I think it's Samaj P. Ryan all the way. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bengals are not playing for anything this week. Uh, I don't. I believe they are seated as. Uh, I think they're in. Well, they won the NFC or the AFC 
whatever, I don't even, AFC North, I think it is. Um, so I don't know if they'll be playing for anything. That probably means a heavy dose of whoever is running the ball. You mentioned Chris Evans. I could see where they say, hey, Joe Mixon's banged up. We need Samaj P. Ryan in the playoffs. Could see a little Chris Evans, a little more Chris Evans than we're used to seeing. Absolutely. Let, let's move on to, I'm, I'm going to skip what we have next and go straight to Rojo. Another one that I think is pretty open and shut. Um, tweaked his ankle, might not play this week. I think that's Keyshawn Vaughn all the way. Yeah, Kevin, I'm going to pump the brakes on that a little bit because Ooh. Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn actually split snaps pretty evenly. Um, we also saw, I believe, Le'Veon Bell get in for the touchdown uh, in this game, a passing touchdown, I believe, from Tom Brady. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell is, I think, you know, you mentioned how Cam Newton's going to be annoying. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's been annoying this year. He goes to the Ravens. He was annoying for uh, Devonta Freeman owners. Now he's going to be annoying for Keyshawn Vaughn truthers that want Keyshawn Vaughn to get a chance. Keyshawn Vaughn was my uh, flexible flex play last week. I thought he looked good when he got the ball, but it's pretty evident that something is going on in Tampa Bay where Bruce Arians is not exactly calling the shots. I believe Tom Brady is uh, kind of choosing who gets to play. I don't know how truthful that is. The fact that Antonio Brown was on the roster for all this time is probably a little showing of how much influence Tom Brady has. Uh, today, today, Kevin, Terrell Owens uh, <laughs> tweeted, tweeted out that he wanted to play, and he asked for two Bucks people to contact him. The first one was the VP of Player Ops, some no-name guy, must know Terrell Owens. And he also asked for Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, nowhere in there. So I'm sure <laughs> Bruce loves getting cucked by uh, his own quarterback <laughs> when it comes to player evaluation. So. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Antonio Brown. Yeah, let's talk about Antonio Brown. So Antonio Brown uh, with the influ- inf- uh, infamous meltdown there. Uh, what set him off? Still kind of up in the air, unclear. But he will not be playing um, this next week. Is there anybody that really piques your interest as a guy to, to fill in there? Yeah, I think Cyril Grayson, who played well um, this last week, Kevin. Um, Cyril Grayson, he's been floating around fantasy relevance for a little bit. Uh, he's been the kick returner uh, for the Bucks, and obviously has some juice. Uh, this last week, he had eight targets, six catches. Um, <clears throat> with Antonio Brown out of there, who had... Uh, he had five targets this last week. Now, we're going to get to how angry I am at the Bucks for being down big to the Jets and forcing Tom Brady into a passing frenzy uh, that completely effed everything that I wanted to do this last weekend. Um, I don't think Cyril Grayson's going to see eight targets again this week, but he's definitely going to play a lot. He's It looks like he's kind of jumped Tyler Johnson, jumped Brashad Perriman, um, and I think Stroll Grayson's an interesting Week 18 flyer. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there, and probably not a name people were expecting to hear, but he was the guy that I had circled as well. After seeing those eight targets, you know, Tom Brady's 
pass catchers, sometimes they're kind of finicky. It goes down to who he trusts. And who he trusts first and foremost is Gronk and then Mike Evans. And then it seems like Surreal's next on that list. So Surreal Grayson, probably a name you weren't expecting to hear on the podcast today, but I, I do think that he's the next villain as well. All right, let's head over to Michael Carter. It's unfortunate he can't stay healthy. Uh, looked good uh, at the beginning of this game. Three rushes for 54 yards, uh, but he's out. Uh, Ty Johnson had a nice game, a couple touchdown or a touchdown, uh, three catches. But Austin Walter led the backfield in, t- in touches with 14 carries. Who do you like this weekend, if anybody? Austin Walter, Ty Johnson, and I'll throw Tevin Coleman in there. Yeah, you, you said uh, forget Tevin Coleman. So I, I listen to you sometimes, not very often, but sometimes. I'm going to listen to you on that. Uh, for me, it's, it is still Ty Johnson. I think he has the pass-catching upside that's going to keep that floor up, especially in your PPR leagues. Um, if you're in a standard league or even a half PPR league, maybe I start to tilt a little bit more towards Walter. But uh, Ty Johnson, I, I think, is the is the back that I'm more comfortable with. I agree with you. Just He had four targets, three catches. Um, you know, in a PPR league, that, that will get you by if you need if you're that desperate. Um, let's talk about guys who uh, you're fortunate to have. You're not desperate if you're playing these guys. Um, Kevin, this guy, I think we've talked about him in this segment a couple times already, but I think I want to talk about him more in the future than for Week 18. Is Amon Ra St. Brown a superstar? I don't think he's a superstar. Um, he, he's a, somebody that kind of grades lower when you, you look at the uh, athleticism metrics and size metrics. Uh, I, I think he's fallen to a very fortunate situation where Detroit's looking for any kind of playmaker they can, and he's getting fed the ball. Um, he's It's been a hell of a ride. I think he's doing great, but I, I, I kind of liken his situation really similarly to, to Ju, Juju's situation over in Pittsburgh when he had Antonio Brown across from him, where he's just kind of soaking up the best of a great situation. Um, but when push comes to shove, I, I don't I don't think he's an elite player, um, unfortunately. Um, the, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I, I liken him more to a Corey Davis. Get about as excited for him as you would Corey Davis than, you know, maybe a Robert Woods or a Mike Evans. Okay. Yeah, I mean, here was the uh, wide receivers who got targets for Detroit this week. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kaderil Hodge, both names that, you know, if you pay attention to fantasy at all, kind of names that you've been knowing. But then Trinity Benson got four targets, and a guy named Tom Kennedy also got three targets. So... (laughs) And right. Logan Moe saw a target, too, I think. <laughs> I had as many targets as Lions tight ends this week. They had zero, so I did I did, you know, scrounge up it that many. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you, Kevin. I don't think he's special. I really like the Corey Davis uh, comparison. Corey Davis was, what, the number five overall draft pick? I Something crazy like that. Yep, there you go. Um, but like really fine athletic player, but you know, they need to be the number one target to return, you know, fantasy value. I don't know if I'm on Ross St. Brown, uh, you know, the lions are 
probably going to be as desperate next year. I don't see them trying to use a bunch of picks on wide receivers. I don't see them splashing in free agency for wide receivers. I'm sure they'll pick up somebody. They have to. Um, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown will be a fine mid-round target next year in PPR leagues especially. Yeah, and look for them to, if they don't go defense, um, to definitely, with their, not the first overall pick, but some of those other picks, uh, look to target some wide receivers. I would really like to see them end up with a Jahan Dotson. I think that would be, um, and if they get a, a top receiver like that in the draft or if they do splurge a little bit in fantasy, um, I, I think that puts them on Ross St. Brown in a tough spot. All right, Kevin, let's head to our next guy. Uh, a guy I picked up a little too late in our, uh, or sorry, he exploded a little too late for our TKD league. I picked up Rashad Penny, uh, and he's just been amazing. Last three games, 53 rushes, 344 yards, had three touchdowns this last week, especially uh, was really nice if you started him uh, because he had uh, he had two of those rushing touchdowns, had a really nice day, probably won you a fantasy championship, if not got you on to the next round, uh, 170 yards, two touchdowns, chipped in two catches as well. What do you think about Rashad Penny? You know, Obviously, you're probably starting him in week 18. He's a free agent, I believe, this coming year. Is Rashad Penny going to get a job? And if he does, is it going to be fantasy fruitful? Yeah, I think this performance has definitely um, shown that he's worthy of a job. And I think he will catch on somewhere. If he's going to be, you know, a workhorse back, no, I don't think that's the case. But I, I, do, I do think he will get valuable work where he goes. Listen to these yards per attempt the last four games. 8.5 yards per attempt against uh, Houston. Three and a half against the Rams. Not great. But then against Chicago and Detroit, 7.94 and 6.8. So with each of those touches picking up lots and lots of uh, yards, getting you some good fantasy points. You know, I wouldn't be mad if he stuck around in Seattle. Um, if, if they did extend him on a, on a shorter deal, see, just see what they have with him. He's a guy that I had been really excited about for a long time, kind of finally gave up on him, but probably too early. Um, now that he's healthy, he's, he's putting out good numbers. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those situations, Kevin, where they we see it every season. A player pops the last few weeks. Um I don't feel like he's ever probably going to run for 170 yards and two touchdowns again. I, I feel like he's a really nice back, but you kind of mentioned he's not going to get a feature job. I don't think, you know, in Seattle, if he does stay, if Pete Carroll stays, they probably bring back Chris Carson. That's going to be a mess. Um, I just don't see, and I don't think we'll, we will see feature backs much you know in the next 10 years it's just not going to happen uh you can count on you know two hands how many feature backs there are in the nfl right now um so i agree with you i think nice story at the end of this year probably have to wait and see the landing spot and the fit uh before we talk about any fantasy value next right here we talked about a little bit serial grayson um for, for me it's a 
it's a hot for week 18, eight, week 18. Probably forget about him after that. But the Brady connection, I, I think you could keep him in some lineups as, you know, if you're looking for a flexible flex play, I think he could land on that list. Absolutely. We'll kind of skip him because uh, we did talk about him. Let's go to Cedric Wilson. Uh, you know, Michael Gallup goes down. Uh, we didn't talk about it in the next man up segment, um, but it looked like the main benefactor was Cedric Wilson. Uh, six targets, six catches, only uh, had 35 yards, but got into the end zone. Um, do you like Cedric Wilson in week 18, Kevin? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, he, he's a guy that uh, earlier in the season when we, we saw it be the CD and uh, Amari Cooper show, that he was still scalping a, a few targets and s- some nice catches along the way. Um, saw a game with seven targets on another game with seven targets and then one of the 10. Uh, he's like a, a guy that I, I think that they can kind of lean on to fill up that gap with Michael Gallup out. I, I think it's definitely a worthy play um, in week 18. Yeah, this just honestly, I put this in here because I want to talk about how sad it makes me that Michael Gallup got injured again. I, man, this guy has some superstar potential in him, I think, Kevin. I love myself some Michael Gallup. Um, hopefully he can go into next year healthy, uh, you know, if not in Dallas, somewhere where he can get a shot at being like a true number two. Um, and I think, you know, potentially within the right offense, he could explode fantasy-wise. I, I think so, too. I He's definitely a guy that I have circled on to see where he lands, feel it out. Could be a sneaky play. Sneaky um, so, yeah, this <laughs> this guy is uh, not probably not going to play in Week 18. I don't think, I, I'm, you know, no one's fact-checked me yet, so I'm just going to say that the Bengals have nothing to play for. Um, yeah, they're still considering setting him. He probably okay, will. So, um, but this guy, Joe Burrow, has been nuclear the past two weeks. It, my, I just wanted to ask you this question because we got rid of the question segment uh, for, for now at least. But I did want to ask you this. Where does Joe Burrow, uh, if you had to rank uh, Joe Burrow in your quarterbacks for next year, where would where would he, what kind of range would he be in? He's in that 6 through 10 range. He's definitely a, if I'm going late QB, he's a guy that I want to snatch up later in the drafts. Um, Zach Taylor, I, I think with a lot of these coaches coming in and really wanting to establish the run, he doesn't give a shit. He wants to throw the ball. Um, doesn't have a problem with Joe Burrow throwing it 46 times in a game, as we saw against Baltimore. I I, I think Joe Burrow is a special talent. He's really surprised me. I, I thought he was a factor of uh, his big performance in college, I thought, was because of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. I mean, what more could you ask for? Um, I, I, I think he's shown that he's a great NFL quarterback, and low floor high ceiling or high floor high ceiling what do you mean kevin jamar chase is just coming in here and saving him again he's not that's good fine. it's just jamar chase that's fine as long as jamar chase is on his team that's just fine uh yeah i mean if you're talking about future players you want to put stock in i mean t higgins is a monster uh he's really good tyler boyd is i i would have to say is the best third receiver in the league um 
I don't know. I haven't looked at every third receiver in the league yet, but I would say he's probably the best. And, you know, Jamar Chase is a superstar. So uh, not not uh, too many bad things to look at. If they can build, keep building that offensive line for Joe Burrow, uh, I, I like him probably better than six, uh, if you had to ask me. Kevin, oh, wow. we'll see. We'll do our rankings Spicy. sometime this offseason. That, that, that means he's ahead of Stafford? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know yet, Kevin. I haven't done the full rankings. Um, <laughs> yeah, stay Kevin tuned I for would... the off-season segments uh, so you can figure out where Joe Burrow truly lands. Oh, yeah, that's a little, uh, you know what they call it in the biz, Kevin? A hook or hooking the <laughs> listeners. Come on back. I want, you, I want you to just go off because this is the bum of the week segment. Who ruined Fantasy Championship Sunday for somebody? Yeah, we saw this in the TKD League. Ezekiel Elliott ruined a team almost single-handedly um, walking into that game. You, you need him to get in the end zone, catch a couple passes, keep a, a real safe floor. Hopefully he wins either of the week uh, against uh, Arizona in a game that should be high scoring, but nine carries, 16 yards, one catch, 14 yards for a whopping uh, less than five points. Uh, not what you want out of the guy that you drafted to be an RB one. And, what a bum. He, he yeah. lost a lot of people fantasy championships. He should be disappointed while he sits on his pile of cash. Yeah, I can't. I mean, the Cowboys got to be sick to their stomach. Um, so he's going to finish the season, Kevin, as the number six overall PPR running back. Um, we saw Tony Pollard eat into that workload quite a bit. Is this just a factor of him actually being and he played in every single game this year. Is his RB6 finish just because he's uh, the number one running back and played every single game? Or do you think Zeke Elliott still belongs in the top 10 running backs for next year? I, I think he still belongs there because at the end of the day, it's a good offense. He's going to get the first first uh, uh, first chance at those touches uh, to get those goal line carries. I, I still think he's a great player. Um the Tony Pollard thing is really frustrating, but um, at the end of the day, what you're looking for in a top running back is, is he on a good offense and how much work does he get? And he checks like one and a half of those boxes. I think I'm going to have a tough time seeing him fall out of the first round or at least early second. Well, all I know is I'm not taking him, Kevin, so go ahead. Um a guy who I'm also not going to be taking because he's probably going to go too high is George Kittle. He's my bum of the week, Kevin. He's actually been a bum the last two weeks. Uh, I believe he was your bum of the week last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, he was. Four points in the championship started in 92.2% of ESPN uh, rosters, Kevin. George Kittle, you know, he's going to finish the year as the number three tight end. Now that doesn't really mean anything because you know, tight end position sucks. Um, but you thought in weeks 13, 14, and he was racking up 39, 34. And then in week 15 against Atlanta, he had a really nice day. 15 last two weeks combined, Kevin, three catches, 50 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, if you were lucky enough to escape his bum week last week, he bummed again for you in the championship. Sorry, I mean, former Hawkeye, it's hard to say bad things about him, but 
He was a bum in the championship Sunday. He was. And especially when you're in the fantasy playoffs, it's like, can you just like be more even? Like those boom weeks are just absolutely awesome. But when you're better off playing a guy like CJ Uzoma in the tight end spot over George Kittle, you know that you have major issues. Um, Just not a guy that is is safe to play. You're always going to be banking on a high upside game. Uh, Maybe Tyler Lockett light um, is George Kittle. I like the comparison there, Kevin, because, uh, yeah, he's going to finish his tight end three. I don't think I would have, uh, you know, I would see faults in drafting as the third tight end. He's probably the third most talented. Um, but, you know, when you stack him up against guys like Kelsey Andrews, Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster next year. I think he might fall out of that, you know, top three. Um, let's just head right into our primer, Kevin. These weirdos that are still playing in Week 18, they still need some fantasy advice. And our flexible flex plays can actually help you in DFS. Get out there, play some DFS in Week 18 if your season ended in Week 17. Um, who do you got this week? Use your flex plays last week. Kevin, that was a boom week for you. Yeah, I had Rashad Bateman, 12.8 points against the Rams and Boston Scott. On the end zone a couple of times, 24.6 points against the Washington football team. So going to keep it coming with a couple more good ones here this week for you. We have Gabe Davis against the Jets. Um, since Emmanuel Sanders has been out, Gabe Davis has been that, that touchdown machine. This is a divisional opponent in the Jets. But have, I mean, despite losing last week, and, and we just take a short break and talk about how – how bad of a tank job that was by the Jets to run a quarterback sneak on fourth and two when they could have kicked the field goal, or I don't know, they could have ran 10 seconds off the clock and been better off. Holy yeah, I thought Salah had, I thought Robert Salah had more pride than that than just to give a game to Tom Brady. Jesus. Jesus. Anyway, Gabe Davis playing this week against the Jets. Um, I, I think it'll be a closer game than people expect. Jets will still lose because they'll try whatever they can to lose at this point. Um, but I like Gabe Davis. Yeah, I like Gabe Davis too. Um, like you said, touchdown machine. Um, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady. Really, you know, he throws to who he trusts. I think the same for Josh Allen as well. He, I think he just really trusts Gabe Davis down there. Um, we saw earlier in the season it was Dawson Knox. For some reason, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs is – Obviously, their most talented player, but as far as like a red zone weapon, I think they like to use Gabe Davis a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. We we talked about uh, Robert Sala, you know, having thinking that we he should have had more pride than what we saw there. Uh, a guy that has infinite pride is Dan Campbell, and we're gonna see Detroit play uh, as tough as they can in another divisional matchup um, against the Packers. I like Josh Reynolds in this one. Um, I, I think everybody in the AF, uh, in the NFC North is probably tired of hearing about Amon Ross St. Brown. Maybe he's going to catch a little bit more uh, attention this week by the defensive backs. Leaving Josh Reynolds wide open for is probably token six catches, 80 yards, 14 safe points, I, I think, for Josh Reynolds this week. I agree with you, too. Um, I, I believe that Green Bay is probably going to sit most of anybody with value. And Dan Campbell, like you said, infinite pride. He is not going to go down to the Packers B team. Uh, I believe, you know, Detroit's going to play very hard. They got their asses kicked by Seattle uh, last week. Dan Campbell's 
probably was like crying and buried a football or something. So they're going to come out, play hard week 18. Um, as always with the Lions, these guys are all going to be fighting for jobs next year because they all suck. Uh, so if they want to stay on the team, they need to perform, put out good tape. Uh, Josh Reynolds is one of those guys where this super talented guy. Maybe he sticks on uh, with Detroit and can kind of revive uh, his young career. Yeah. Detroit might be the real life replacements. Um, all playing for jobs. Uh, how about you talk about some of your flexible flex plays? Last week you had Keyshawn Vaughn and Kendrick Bourne. Decent weeks out of both. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, I thought he was going to go off uh, 14.3 points. Not bad if you put him in at your flex. Keyshawn Vaughn was a little disappointing, six and a half points. Um, I'm going to talk about when we get to the write that down segment how pissed off I am about that game, but we'll skip it for now. Uh, let's just go into my flex plays this week. I have Marquise Goodwin. He's facing off against my Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium uh, in a game that is as meaningless as, you know, almost anything in the world. No one's no one gives a shit. Both coaches are going to be gone. Uh, both teams are in the cellar. I actually hope the Vikings lose this game because then they'd be the third place in the NFC North, and they get the third place NFC North schedule. So they get to face whoever the third place teams in the NFC are, which would be nice because next year I hope they uh, can do something. But I'm going to put Marquise Goodwin out there. Uh, seems like a weird or at least one Bears wide receiver just goes off against the Vikings. Just throwing a dart on Marquise Goodwin. And Vikings aren't going to be playing for anything. Uh, they obviously have no pride now. And I had been saying the Chiefs have no pride all season. The Vikings officially have no pride now. Zimmer's done. He's trashing the rookie quarterback for no good reason. So I think Marquise Goodwin goes off against the Vikings. Yeah, I like that pick. As you said, not not a lot to play for here. Um, could, could see a lot of uh, no-name guys on the field. And Marquise Goodwin is a guy that's, uh, we talk about playing for a job. He's another guy that's been bouncing around the league quite a bit as, you know, track star, um, wide receiver. A lot of teams hoping that he just takes the top off the defense. You can see him take one deep here. And that's what I'm betting on. And another guy who could take the top off the defense. We talked about uh, him earlier, Kevin. Kadarius Toney. Uh, we mentioned, I'm not going to talk too much. We talked about him a little bit. think he's going to, uh, they're going to try to see what they have in him. He's going to be the only guy of value out there, I think, for the Giants. Once again, meaningless game. You know, could be fun. Could be a shit show. Who knows? Put Kadarius Tony in your flex. I'm probably going to use Kadarius Tony in DFS this week. Uh, he'll be a nice cheap play and could, and could obviously go off. Yeah, follow the injury reports. Just make sure that he's... Uh, active. I do. I also expect that he will be active, but he is questionable going into the week, so just keep an eye on that. All right, let's do a quick overview of the fancy hotbeds. We have Chargers at Raiders. This is a game to go into the playoffs, so this is a, as meaningful as it gets, Kevin. Uh, Over-under is set at 48. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, the Raiders, I believe, are playing for a playoff spot. Um, they are on the bubble they, uh, with their matchup this week. So they will be playing for something. So maybe if, you, if you're scoping guys out, uh, maybe Zay Jones is somebody on the list that uh, if you're looking to sub in, could be could be a good play. Um, it's always tough this late in the season to, to find some fringe guys to play in these matchups just because so much is 
um, gone on earlier in the season. Hopefully you have, if you're in the championship, hopefully you have enough guys. Um, start your studs. I don't know. I think the, the, these are low. Both of these games are under 50, and I think this is the first time all season, so we're maybe seeing some cold weather scoop in here too. So what that tells me is safe floors, worry a, lot, a little bit less about high ceilings. Um, just make sure that you're getting players out there that um, are going to get you enough points at the position um, to hopefully get that last one you need. Yeah, like you said, I mean, Seahawks, Cardinals, 49.5. We're just telling you these because – it's a good strategy to have if you're deciding between two similar players, starting them in games with high over-unders, uh, you know, that can be the tiebreaker for you uh, as well. So Seahawks Cardinals, 49 and a half. That's as close as we get to 50 this week. Uh, if you're wondering, you know, should I start Christian Kirk or, I don't know, Christian Kirk or somebody similar? I'd go with Christian Kirk this week in a game that could be high scoring out in the desert. Um, yeah, and these these will be fun games to watch. And one one player um, that I am pretty, particularly going to have an eye on is uh, Dwayne Eskridge. I think he's another guy that could be a very, very nice sleeper. So keep an eye on what he does in Week 18. And maybe when other people aren't paying attention, uh, just, just see what he's doing out in the field there for Seattle. Yeah, time to get your scouting caps on, boys. Week 18, see, see some rookies play that may, might uh, – be hot next year. You know, this is where fancy championships are won and lost week 18. Uh, let's talk about write that down, Kevin, where I had an absolute abomination of a week. Yeah. Um, I, we are going to get into the Tom Brady and the lions, but I, I did have AJ Brown less than 15 and a half points. Absolutely. He did. Um, I was right. And Chiefs Bengals over 49 and a half. That was like over at, at the third quarter. So, um, two uh, great picks there, I think, and then you didn't carry the the you didn't carry your 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 load for the uh, um, Moan McGee parlay this week. No, uh, yeah, we mentioned last week we are going to put AJ Brown uh, under yards and then Tom Brady under yards. Um, so I had Tom Brady less than twenty fantasy points to write that down. That also didn't cash. Um, what the hell are the Buccaneers doing falling behind by two touchdowns against the Jets, Kevin. This game was going to go exactly as I said. The Brady, Brady and the Bucks are going to get a nice first quarter lead and then just cruise on the running game. He was going to go under yards. Instead, he was under yards and then they were down two touchdowns. So he had to throw. And so he went boom, 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 touchdown, touchdown, pass, 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 Cyril Grayson, 30-yard touchdown pass at the end of the game. I put a $50 parlay. It would have made me $500, Kevin. And, of course, my two picks lose. The Lions just got shellacked. I don't know. Seattle lost to the Bears in Seattle, and then they just – Russell Wilson decides it's his last game in Seattle, so they blow him out. (laughs) Fuck you, Russell Wilson. Fuck you, Tom Brady, and fuck you, Russell Wilson. But I will say to Russ, if you want to come to Minnesota, <laughs> Sierra can play at First Avenue whenever she wants. We got the, you know, we got the Timberwolves. Young Timberwolves are banging up here. Wild are the first team, number one team in the NHL. Come on, Russ, it wouldn't be too bad. Spend your time in Minneapolis. Uh, but fuck you for this week. Yeah, yeah, couple tough ones there. Um, I, I think if you saw the Tom Brady one coming. 
uh, with or at least that game script coming. I, I think you, I would have called you crazy. And then the Lions, I mean, we, we like to try to bet on them. Um, and sometimes they surprise us, sometimes they disappoint us. Um, but this week, yeah, I should, I should have known the line went up to plus eight and a half before kickoff, and not someone with a lot of money knew something that I did not. Uh, uh, This week I have Darnell Mooney, uh, more than 13 points against Minnesota. It's projected for 13 in ESPN right now. Um, I I think this one, I I actually think the Vikings have a chance to maybe get up here a little bit. Um, We'll see. Uh, I I don't want to talk up the Vikings more than I should, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what the game script looks like. Um, I, I think they'll see what they have in Darnell. Um, see, see if he has that superstar potential that he, he's shown flashes of at times. Um, didn't take the Vikings for a touchdown earlier this season, but I think he will get one here. All right, Kevin. Uh, I agree with you. Um, I, you know, I know one thing for sure about the Vikings, and that is that Justin Jefferson is going to play very hard, and so will Dalvin Cook. Um, those guys don't have an off switch. They're superstar players. Uh, you know, if they're not, they they have pride. I don't know if the team does as a whole, but you know, those guys do, uh, they're superstars. So you're right. The Vikings are, I think three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, I could see them, you know, as they have done all year play very well. And then Darnell Mooney has two touchdowns in the fourth quarter becomes close and someone bungles it at the end. Um, I'm going to stick in the NFC North. And like I said before, I think Green Bay sits a lot of players. And I also think they might sit both of their starting running backs just to keep them healthy for a playoff run in Green Bay. They're going to have to run the ball. I like uh, Patrick Taylor, third string running back, to score a touchdown against Detroit. Um, I don't know what the odds are. I don't even know if you can bet on this. Uh, But anytime touchdown scorer Patrick Taylor... I still think Green Bay is better. Even their B team is probably better than Detroit. So I like Patrick Taylor to get in the end zone uh, against Detroit. And I, I also, you know, would, wouldn't would mind uh, him as a DFS start throw. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, especially if you can get, uh, if there's good odds on him right now, which I'm sure, you know, maybe not if you tried to make this prediction in like week 14 or something, but. It has to have good odds on it. Uh, a good one to put a little money down, and, you know, if it hits, you're a happy guy. All right, Kevin, where are, we at? Where are you making money? I know I, I've been failing, so what's your pick this week? I have Bengals plus six against the Browns. Um, as we mentioned, uh, the Bengals might be sitting players, but the Browns are also eliminated from the playoffs. So uh, in the grand scheme of things, Cleveland needs to lose this game to improve their draft spot. Um, and six points, I think, is too many. This is still a divisional game. There's still going to be some pride out there. Um, I, I like the Bengals at plus six against the Browns. Kevin, I've been telling you all season long, I knew, I know the Bengals. I obviously lost my fastball at the Bengals uh, a few weeks ago, so I have no idea. I it'll, it'll be interesting to see the inactive list for both teams. I know Baker's not going to be playing for the Browns, so plus six, you know, backup quarterback versus backup quarterback. Does look like Nick Chubb is also. I don't know what the deal was with him. Dearness Johnson played uh, as many snaps as him this last week, um, so 
you know, what the hell, Kevin? I think it's a nice pick. Thanks. Um, I'm picking Bills and Jets over 41, and this is only because I think the Bills score 41 by themselves. Um, in, in a game that's in Buffalo, uh, last game of the season, looks like right now to be decent weather, 37 degrees and cloudy. I don't know, uh, you know, this game might depend on if it does get to bad weather, snowing or raining. I might uh, say to pump the brakes. But if there's no weather, I like the Bills to run up the score. And you know what? One thing about the Jets is they have been pretty competitive the last few weeks. Braxton Berrios scoring touchdowns uh, all over the place. I like that game to go over 41. That's a low number. That's a fun over to, to bet, Kevin. I mean, you only need a couple touchdowns. Yeah, you, you only need a couple. Um, and uh, the Bills are still playing for um, the division at this point. Uh, the Patriots could overtake them. So they, they have something to play for. The Jets, despite throwing the game last week against Tampa Bay, they still were leading most of that game. So I don't know. It's anybody's guess. They might surprise you and put out 20 points, uh, go, get out to a 20 to nothing lead, take a couple safeties or something so the Bills can catch up, and then the Bills get a few touchdowns of their own. We'll see. Uh, I do like the over 41, though. All right, Kevin. Well, that is our last kind of regular episode of Moan McGee on Fantasy for the season. Um, it, you know, I just want to say this isn't our last week, but I do want to thank all the new listeners that have been coming in. Uh, sticking on with us next year. Um, you know, if you decide to stop listening to us for whatever you dumbass reason you have, uh, next year we're going to explode. We're going to be big. Uh, we're going to come back, new segments. We're going to have some new everything, Kevin. We're going we're to be a brand spanking new podcast that you're going to want to say that you were one of the first listeners of Mon McGee on Fantasy. Uh, so thank, I, I do want to say thank you for sticking around. You know, listen to our podcast. We do this anyway, but it does. We do appreciate you listening. Yeah, absolutely. Every year, bigger and better, and a lot of good info here. Um, good flex plays every week. Sometimes good write that downs if you listen to me. Less times good write that downs if you listen to Logan. So um, now keeping it light. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, it, it, it's been a a pleasure to have you guys listening. All right. Uh, we will see everyone that wants to at the TKD special update. See you, folks. See you.